0: Available at Gurney Lumber in Gurney and at other home supply stores. Check the papers for the dealer nearest you. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... theater offering is called Toy Death. It involves a doll. Essentially, a doll is a figure in human form intended for a child. Probably the oldest plaything in the world. But dolls are also found in catacombs, in graves dating thousands of years before Christ. They have meanings and powers almost opposite. In one country, a doll is a wedding gift. In another, it is very unlucky. Worshipped feared, played with, a doll has been all things to
1: all people. Good Lord. Will you look at that? It's a primitive doll. ugly thing. I'd toss it into the fire if I were you. I wouldn't, Mrs. Fowler. Why not? Why wouldn't you burn it?
2: I wouldn't dare.
0: mystery drama, Troy Death, was adapted from a story by Algernon Blackwood, especially for the Mystery Theater, by James Agate, Jr., and stars Christopher Tabori and Patricia Elliott. I shall return shortly with Act One. India, where this account begins and ends, is a land of contradictions, extreme poverty and untold wealth, deep spiritualism and superstition. Monkeys and cows eat while people starve. Roads are impassable, yet trains are crowded, not only for business, but those carrying the bones of a loved one to a sacred river. Contrasts incongruous, yet accepted. And in England, a young girl who has the mark of India on her cries out in fear-ridden sleep.
3: No. Don't. Don't. Please. You can't. Don't. No. Don't.
1: Oh, how long am I going to keep having them? Isabella, so clear, so real, but it's not real. It never happened. I, I, I never saw it happen. Uh, Isabella, are you all right? Uh, Yes, father, I, I, I'm all right. Thank you. I heard you from upstairs screaming. It was only a nightmare.
4: Goodness, mind if I sit down a moment? No, better than that. Let me open the windows and let the smell of the garden come in. It's awfully warm in here. You really gave me quite a start.
1: I'll put my robe on and come sit by the window next to you.
4: Shall I turn up the gas mantle so we won't sit in the dark?
1: No. No, there's light enough from that little slice of moon and the stars. Isn't it bright in the garden?
4: Yes. Take the rocking chair, dear. No.
1: I'll sit on the floor.
4: All right. I might as well live. Ah, this rocker was always your mother's favorite chair. I know,
1: Father.
4: She made me bring it back here to England. I can see her now rocking back and forth, making little dolls' clothes in our garden in Calcutta. Remember? Right under the big banyan tree.
1: Can we please not talk about Mother? Uh, not? Please, Father. Father?
4: I've noticed that when you need me, when you're frightened, you call me Daddy as you used to when you were little. Otherwise, it's Father.
1: Well, which do you prefer?
4: What I really prefer is to know why you keep having these terrifying nightmares.
1: Oh,
3: I,
4: I don't know. Well, they're certainly terrifying to me. When I hear you cry out like that, my heart literally stops. Absolutely cold. As though I were dead for an instant.
1: I'm truly sorry, Father. I I don't know why it happened. It's getting so that I... I, I'm almost afraid to go to bed at
4: night. I've asked you before, but what is it you dream? You must know that.
1: I can't tell you that. I just can't. Uh,
4: All right, Maybe someday you will. Father? Yes?
1: What did Mother die of?
4: I'm not exactly sure, and I don't think anyone else is. The doctors in India didn't know. That's why we brought her back here.
1: At night, in this room, sometimes... uh, Sometimes I feel she's still alive and trying to tell me something.
4: I wish it were true. She loved you, Isabella. Well, now, we've had our little talk to you. Feel as though you could close your eyes I know I do Tony Parker is coming in at nine tomorrow morning Ready to take dictation I shall need sleep to have my wits about me Of
1: course you do, Father How are the memoirs coming?
4: Slowly, very slowly Tony is helping me organize the material And I've only just begun the actual writing
1: Oh dear, I'm
4: tired I need sleep
1: Well, you go upstairs and get it If I can't settle down, I'll play with my dollies. Why
4: can't you call it your doll collection? I wish you wouldn't use those childish words. You're a grown-up woman of 20. Well, I'm going. It certainly is bright here. It's like living in a garden.
1: That's what I love about it. Besides it having been Mother's room...
4: You think you can go back to bed now?
1: Yes, I'm all right. You go along upstairs. I'm sorry to have awakened you.
4: (laughs) That's that's what I'm here for. I'll see you in the morning, Isabella. Have a good night's rest, dear, what's left of it.
1: as you always did in your favorite rocking chair. I was sure you would come because of the new moon. It wasn't just a dream, was it? It did happen. What am I going to do now? There's no way to prove anything. If I said to anyone, did you know my father was the one who... Well, if I said that to anyone, they'd have me put away, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Mother? Mother? What are we going to do about him? Um.
4: What did we get yesterday with the memoirs? Uh, Just a moment. Is that you, Mrs. Fowler?
1: Yes, Captain Trevelyan.
4: Well, don't stand there on the door of my study. Please come in. Was there
1: anything you'd like me to do?
4: Where is our morning tea, Mrs. Fowler? Parker's been here since nine and no tea. Oh,
1: I'm just bringing it up, sir. We had a little problem downstairs that I I didn't get to it. What
4: problem? Why wasn't I told? We didn't wish to
1: disturb you, sir.
4: Well, you have, so what was it?
1: This morning, shortly before seven You know my room is right next to Miss Isabella's I heard someone trying the French doors from the outside So I opened my window and I shouted, go away And this man, well, I I couldn't really make him out He just buzzed off
4: Well, if you see this prowler again, call the police I shall Good enough And we'll tea then as soon as you can, Mrs. Fowler Yes <clears throat> now, Tony, I've, I've looked over what you wrote down yesterday, but I have a feeling there was something else I mentioned as you were going. Just a paragraph. I took it home to type up, sir.
2: Let's see. Uh, something about, yes, your first encounter with a cobra in Delhi. You said, there it was, a six-foot-long cobra eyeing me as I walked in the door. I moved to the right.
4: It moved to the right. I move to the left... Strike all that. What? Cross it out. Leave it out.
2: Oh, but that could be a very exciting, extraordinary part of your recollection, sir. I think you're making a big mistake, if I may say so. (laughs) Mrs. Fowler?
1: Yes? Come in, Mr. Parker. The kitchen door's open. I'm just about to scramble up some eggs for everyone's lunch.
2: He's gone out. The Captain without eating yes, someone called him on the phone and captain said he'd be over right away which meant I was dismissed and won't be required until tomorrow so I thought I'd come in and tell you
1: well you're not gone all the way back to Oxford on an empty stomach oh here goes the bell someone's at the front door I'll it Mrs. Fowler all righty Mrs. Isabella are you married Mr. Parker no I never have been I just wondered if you had taken any notice of Miss Trevelyan. Oh, I have,
2: yes. Very attractive girl.
1: Woman. She's 20.
2: Really? Oh, sometimes she acts rather... Well, rather young, I'd say. Well,
1: only about her dollies. Oh,
2: please, please. I wince whenever I hear that word. She had to say anything at all. I, I prefer just to say collection. It's a bit young, you know.
1: And how old are you? 31. And never married?
2: Oh, too busy trying to earn my living as a writer.
1: Oh, so you write, too. To afford it,
2: I've become a stenographer for wealthy clients like Captain Trevelyan, to whom writing is a hobby.
1: So that's what you think of my father's memoirs. A hobby? Oh,
2: excuse me, Miss Trevelyan. I've told
1: him as much. What's in that little parcel you have there, dear? The strangest thing happened just now. You know, when I went to answer the door, there was this tall, very handsome man. He looked. Well, just like the Sikhs one sees in the the East Punjab. Was he dark? Did he wear a turban? Yes, he did. That's the man. uh, The the man who's been hanging about this house since early morning. And he said, is this the house of Captain Hugh Trevelyan? And I said, yes, it is. And then he handed me this parcel. I looked at it. It has no name on it, who it was to or from or anything. And when I looked up, he'd gone, vanished. Well... I wonder what's in it. I have no idea. Well, why don't you open it? You don't think it's for my father?
2: I'd say you're as much part of the House of Trevelyan as your father is.
1: Now, here are the scissors. Come on, now. Give me that parcel. No, 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 wait. What's the matter?
2: I don't know. I I just had the strangest sensation. Tony, you too. Did you, Isabella?
1: Yes, a kind of, well, emanation. I... I I can't explain it exactly. What is the matter with you two? Are we going to open the silly package, or aren't we? In a moment. C- can you describe that feeling, Tony? Well, let's see if I can. Simply.
2: You know, Isabella, the classical language of the Hindus is Sanskrit. And our word divine comes from a Sanskrit root, meaning radiance.
1: Radiance? Yes. Yes, I felt that, too. You see, it's nothing to be afraid
2: of. It was rather pleasurable, wasn't it? I think we should go ahead and open it and see what's inside. Good Lord, will you look at
3: that? Yes, it's a doll, a primitive doll.
2: Yes, but not a child's doll. More like a fetish with a wax face and
1: a body of straw. Ugly thing. I'd toss it into the fire if I were you. No, I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's ugly at all. It's beautiful. Oh. How could anybody make a thing like that for a child to play with? It's not a child's toy. A doll like that would frighten the wee thing half to death. It's hideous. How can you say that? I love it. Well, what's it good for? It up to me, I'd do away with it. I'd be very careful. You wouldn't burn it. I wouldn't dare.
0: Dolls have played a strange role in some religions. Certain ones are said to contain spirits... which can influence human actions. However, isn't it possible... that the sender of this odd gift... simply knew that Isabella... as had her mother before her... collected dolls? And Tony... is he not perhaps finding something sinister... In an object merely primitive. I shall return shortly with perhaps a few clues and a few answers in Act Two. No doubt you overheard remarks about morning tea, lighting the gas mantle, reference to the British rule of India. A clue certainly to the time of our tale the early 1900s. However, a daughter who collects dolls and believes she communicates with her dead mother, a young writer working as a secretary, and a retired army officer trying to rewrite his past are as much the stuff of today's drama as yesterday's.
1: Tony, what is it? Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, am I? Sorry. Is it because I carry this new doll around with me? Is it?
2: I I really don't know what you're talking about, Isabella. Don't
1: you? It's been two weeks now since that man in the turban delivered it to me. And every afternoon, after you've finished Father's work, we've taken a walk to some different part of the countryside. Isabella,
2: don't think I'm not happy about that, because I am. Even today, when we're not exploring, just sitting here in the garden with you is... is nice. But... You don't usually see an adult woman holding a kind of doll as if it were a baby.
1: And it bothers you. Well,
2: no, no, it.
1: It wouldn't matter to me if it did. Of all my dollies, this is my favorite. <gasps> Why did you say this was more like a fetish than a doll? Oh, forget I said that. It's just some primitive piece,
2: uh, probably sent to your father as a remembrance of India. I'm
1: not so sure father wants to remember everything about India. You're not? Well You should know better than I. Has he started about my mother, how he met her and how they went together to India? I was going to say that.
2: We're well into India, but certainly 18 years back, but not a word about your mother... Or you.
1: Hmm, I wonder why.
2: I put it down to being perhaps too painful. A sudden, inexplicable death.
1: Yeah? How do you know that?
2: Uh, Mrs. Fowler.
1: Isn't that strange? rock baby. Tony, I don't think there's anything bad about this dolly. It's just a little thing. Yes.
2: But didn't it strike you odd the moment we were about to unwrap the parcel? I mean, you'd been calling me Mr. Parker all along. So naturally, I called you Miss Trevelyan. Then suddenly you said, Tony. And I found myself saying to you, Isabella. It was, it was the most natural thing in the world. As if we'd always known one another.
1: I never realized that. That's so. Yes. Are both your parents alive, Tony.
2: No, I, I was an orphan. I don't know who my parents were.
1: Would you say it's logical that I sometimes... Uh, sometimes feel I can talk to my mother even though she passed away two years ago?
2: You were very close.
1: Not close enough. Or it might never have happened. Isabella. Yes,
2: Try not to think about the past too much.
1: But sometimes I think so hard about my mother I can make myself believe she's right in my room. Yes,
2: well, it's not a good idea. Dwelling on the past can be sad making.
1: I'm not. I feel happy now. I've got you to talk to, my darling. I have the whole collection in my room. Someday I'll show it to you. <laughs>
4: Just let me add a few more thoughts before we end today's session, Tony. You ready? My pencils poised, Captain. In all the years I spent in India, I always felt the spiritual influence of both the Bengali poet and mystic Tagore and that of Mahatma Gandhi. Well, I think that'll be it for today. Uh, By the way... uh, I understand from Mrs. Fowler you've been seeing quite a bit of Isabella. Oh, I wasn't keeping it a secret, sir.
2: Isabella hasn't mentioned it to you herself.
4: No, she hasn't. We don't talk together as much as we should. Because of her mother? What do you know of her mother? What has she told you? Oh, no, nothing,
2: nothing at all. Except uh, that she feels very close to her.
4: Even in death. Yes. Uh, well, uh, when you've typed up what I've dictated since Monday, you may leave. I'm off to London on business. If it gets late, we we have an extra room. It's yours. Uh, what's the time? Ah, good. I'll just make it to the station for the two o'clock. Uh, Captain Trevelyan,
2: I'm sorry if I said anything about Isabella and her mother that was unwarranted. I'm very fond of your daughter. It was merely to let you know that... I'm quite concerned about her.
4: Well, Tony, it's a, it's a good thing she does see something of you. Bring her out of her shell. It's not healthy for a young woman to spend so much time with a collection of dolls. But what can I do? Her, her mother was just like that.
1: Come in. Aha. Yes, Mrs. Fowler. You've got to come now. There's something quite ghastly in Miss Isabella's room, and you have got to see
2: it. Is she all right?
1: So far as I know. Just follow me. Just uh, across this landing, down these steps,
5: there's a room.
1: I don't know what to make of it. Where the door's open, that's her room. Isabella! She's not in there, Mr. Parker. She went out late this afternoon with that doll
2: of hers. Oh, yes, I know. It's distressing. But I want to
1: show you something. Look there on the floor. What do you see?
2: Someone spilled drops of red ink from the door
1: huh, to the bottom
2: of the bed. Is that what you mean? And there's more on the other side. Ah, yes, I see. From the bed of the French window. Clean
1: came into her room after she'd gone out to clean up a bit. I found these marks, and I tried to wash them away. I tried vinegar, fine sand, chalk. Well, they simply won't come out. Yes, ink is very hard to remove. But it's not ink, Mr. Parker. Look closely. Those little spots are very dark and thick. It is blood.
2: Oh, probably Isabella cut herself. You don't believe that.
1: Neither do I. Mr. Parker, could you do me a great favor? Of course, anything. Captain Trevelyan won't be back from London until tomorrow. I could put you up in the spare room, which is just down the hall from Miss Isabella's. Could you spend the night here? Oh,
2: I'd be glad to.
1: You don't know what a relief that is. I have this awful presentiment of something evil. Oh.
2: Mr. Parker, are you awake? <laughs> I am now. Mr. Parker.
1: They coming. what is it? You've got to come with me just down the hall. Hurry. What's the time? It just struck three. I think I must be going mad. All right, all set. See, you need that lightning.
2: I'm glad I'm not on the road tonight. I saw
1: it. I saw it with my own eyes. Uh,
2: Mrs. Fowler, now, can you show me... What it is. Yes, uh, but we mustn't
1: make a sound. I don't want to wake her. Just open the door and stand there and observe. Open what
2: door, Mrs. Fowler.
1: Stand where? (laughs) Observe what? Miss Isabel's room. That ugly doll. (laughs) It's alive. I awoke when the storm began, and I went around the house as I always do just to make sure the windows are shut. So I went into her room, and there it was. Mr. Parker, I swear to you by all that's holy, it was walking across the floor, not the dog.
3: Yes!
2: <laughs> I closed the door immediately and ran to fetch you. All right, all right now. What do you want me to
4: do?
1: I'm going to open her door very quietly and we'll
2: have a look you're quite sure this is no part of a bad dream of yours oh, sh- sh- oh, the room's pitch black and how could you have seen anything
1: the light the lightning struck and lit up the whole room
2: oh, i can't make out a thing it'll be very embarrassing if she wakes up
1: But i have to know your eyes will get accustomed to the dark in a minute Look there, can you see her bed? Yeah, dimly.
2: Do you see her hand? Do you see what's in it? Mm, I think so. It's that. Mm. Yes, let's go out. Come along. I don't want her to wake up and find us here. Now, Mrs. Fowler, I've looked into the room as you asked. I saw the doll, but it wasn't moving. It is lying in her hand just as I have seen her carrying it about for weeks. I really don't think there's anything to worry about. Good night.
4: Mrs. Fowler, from what you tell me, I don't see what the problem was last night.
1: Captain Hevelian, you don't because you didn't see what I saw.
4: I think you
1: could use a week or two of holiday. There's just too much going on in this household to suit me, Captain.
4: I am not that happy with her fondness for dolls at her age. But I have to make allowances. Her mother was very much like that, too, in some way.
1: Mrs. Isabella believes she talks to her mother. That ought to be stopped. It's not healthy.
4: I know all about that also, and I agree. It's not healthy. I've tried to be subtle about it without alarming, Isabella, but there you are. I'm I'm hoping she'll get over
1: it. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's too much. Uh, take
4: three weeks off, Mrs. Fowler. It'll do you good. Paid vacation. Captain,
1: I know what I saw, and that's that. Now, it is too much of a responsibility, the goings-on in this house. It's too much to bear alone. As of today, sir, I am tendering my notice. I shall forgo any severance that is due me, and instead of the customary two weeks, I am afraid five days is all I can put up with. I shall leave here, then. Five days from this morning. I do feel sorry for you, Captain, but it is not I who have been struck by lightning. Believe me.
0: One can't really blame the good Mrs. Fowler. When the inconceivable is added to the incomprehensible, it's asking a great deal of anyone to be patient and forbearing, especially when you consider our story takes place in an era when superstition far outweighed science. I shall return shortly with Act Three. westerner has come into contact with the East, his eyes are opened. His values warp, and he accepts phenomena his own culture would reject. As if the magnetic needle of one's beliefs inexplicably changed direction from pointing north to pointing east. This may explain why, one week later, Mrs. Fowler decided not to leave the employment of Captain Hugh Trevelyan.
2: Mrs. Fowler... I'm glad you're not going to carry out your threat and abandon ship. I couldn't.
1: That's what it came down to. I'd be punishing Miss Isabella by leaving her. Something's wrong. That lot of good her father is. He's always running off somewhere on business. He doesn't seem to care about her. Oh, yes, he does. But he's helpless. Oh, I don't know. He didn't impress me as a caring husband either.
2: Now, Mrs. Fowler, should you be telling me all this?
1: Yes, I should. That man... You wouldn't think he'd buried Mrs. Trevelyan right here in our churchyard after that terrible sickness when nobody could do anything for her.
2: So the Trevelyans returned from India two years ago?
1: Yes, but she was ill long before that in Delhi. The captain brought the family back to England, and she just wasted away for six months before she died. Oh, I see. There's another reason I'm glad you didn't leave.
2: Isabella and I, well... We were getting along famously. I thought she trusted me. But since the night of the thunderstorm... When I
1: saw that doll walk across the bedroom floor?
2: Yes. Since that night, she's closed up completely. I've tried to draw her out. She looks at me, but she doesn't really see me. Her mind is somewhere else. The devil has entered that girl. She's under a spell. Mrs. Fowler, let us, you and I... Try to get to the bottom of this once and for all tonight. As soon as the captain is retired for the night, say, or say half an hour later, we'll meet in the hall outside the guest room. And there, it's, it's just a few steps to Isabella's.
1: I'm afraid we can't go into her room yet. She's still awake. See the light under her door? She's lit the lamp by her bedside.
2: It's very late. Couldn't she have gone to sleep and left it burning? I
1: hear something.
2: Is she talking?
1: Where do you want me to go? Leave here. Why? Why isn't it safe? Who's she talking to?
2: Is there someone in there with her?
1: What do you mean it's dangerous?
4: Fowler, Tony, may I ask what you two are doing here in the middle of the night? Parker, did I see you trying to open Isabella's door? Well, I, uh... You're as white as a ghost. A ghost, yes.
2: <laughs> Captain Trevelyan, do you hear anything, any any unusual sounds coming from Isabella's room? I do,
4: yes. What is it? it's the wind in the chimney, perhaps... Mrs. Fowler, why haven't the chimney sweeps taken care of it? I don't think it's that, sir. Well, then what? what is it? It's a little hard to explain. Yes, well,
2: explain it then in the morning. I don't know that it's something that can wait until morning, sir.
1: We think it's that dull, sir. It's alive. And it's talking. Mrs.
4: Fowler, are you repeating that nonsense you told me last week when you gave your notice? And you, Parker, are you in cahoots with this poor woman? It's an unhealthy game, you're playing, and I'd, I'd like you to postpone any conversation until morning. Then perhaps in the clear light of day, the both of you will have come to your senses. Good night.
2: Has he gone?
1: Yes. I just heard his bedroom door shut upstairs. Why'd she have to lock her door? We can get in through the garden. The French doors.
2: Good idea. I can see her quite clearly now through the doors to the garden.
1: She's lying on her bed, and her eyes are closed. I can see her lips move. She's talking in her sleep. But I don't see the doll.
2: Mrs. Fowler, we must decide. Shall we look, or shall we act? Act? I'll open the French doors.
1: There it is. Awful thing, demon... Away. I'll get it. I'll break you to pieces and throw you in the dustbin. Open the door and let it out. Don't you dare be. Come here, you. Well, I've got
3: you, haven't I? Oh, you horror. The child of Satan. That's what you are. It's funny. You don't want Change things now stop. I've done
1: Captain Trevelyan. There was life in it. I kicked it, and it kept crawling after me.
4: Is this so, Tony? Word for word.
2: Both of us could not have been mesmerized into seeing the identical happening at the same time. But the worst part, of course, is Isabella's strange involvement with this new doll of hers. Uh, Have I seen it? I doubt it. It's not easily forgotten, by day, she cuddles it like a baby. And at night... At night, we
1: heard her talking to it. In her sleep. And it answers in a language of its own, like music, like little chimes. Last night, before
2: you came downstairs, we could hear what she was saying. Asking if she was in danger, remembering a dog that died in her arms.
4: There was something about that dog... The dog died. The dog. Yes, sir, you you did the right thing to tell me. I've been half expecting something like this. It was bound to find me sooner or later.
2: They never give up. Captain Trevelyan, I think tonight, when Isabella's asleep,
4: you should witness this yourself. Mrs. Fowler... I think you said someone sent this doll to her.
1: It was delivered. Miss Isabella answered the door, and the man said, is this the house of Captain Hugh Trevelyan, and gave it to her. You did say that that was the man who had been hanging about the house from the early morning. Yes, remember, Captain? I told you I'd seen a man with a turban moving about in the garden one morning.
4: You never said he wore a turban. Was he dark?
1: Miss Isabella said so, and very handsome.
2: Captain, whatever it is, I think you've placed your daughter's
4: life in great danger. Tonight, I I should put a stop to that.
2: Captain, have you any idea why that doll was brought to this house?
4: Yes, I do. It was intended for me.
2: I think you were wise, Captain, to tell Mrs. Fowler not to accompany us tonight. Was
4: that two o'clock that just struck? Yes, it was. Uh, Isabella must be asleep by now. Let's open her door. Ah, She's locked it. I have a key. That's it. Now, come inside. Close the door behind you. Where is this doll? Look at the foot of her bed. Let me see. The way the little head is bent so crookedly, I suppose that is a head. All I see is an open red mouth. You say Isabella likes
2: this? Yes, it's rather mangled now because Mrs Fowler tried to destroy it. That
4: girl sleeps like an angel. Look at her. It's moving. I must get it away from Isabella. Careful how you handle it. It's. It's like it's real. Uh, is it? It, it, it's uh, all right, child. It's all right. I, I, I'm just taking this doll away.
3: And, uh, 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 my throat! Uh, it's at my throat! He's uh, uh, faint. Uh, what happened? I, I saw something jump down from his neck.
2: Is there water in this pitcher? Uh, uh, yes. Here. Now, you take this wet cloth. See if you can bring him around.
3: But, Father. Father, wake up. Wake up, Father. You
2: went for that doll and it leaped up at his throat. And the captain just keeled over. Isabella, don't move. Don't move. It's starting to crawl across the floor.
3: Oh, What is it? It's horrible. You
2: don't know it? Don't you recognize it? That
3: thing, where did it come from? Oh, oh, I
4: can't bear look at it. Father, please, wake up. It's all right. It's all right. I'm all right now. Oh,
1: the eyes are open. Look. Look, there's a thing in my room. It's dragging itself to the French doors. Look at it. It's
3: like a giant beetle.
2: She doesn't remember it, sir. Oh,
3: Slugger! Oh, slager.
2: Wait, it's saying something.
3: Only help, help me get my father off the floor. Wait,
2: wait. Oh,
4: Slugger! Oh, Slugger! I. I don't need any help. Look, French doors. Help him. What did you see, Tony? A hand reached in and took the thing from the floor.
3: <laughs> Father.
2: <laughs> Father, are,
3: are you all right?
4: Uh, Isabella, I, I'm sorry for everything. All the distress I've caused you. I'm sorry your mother is dead. I really loved her. So much. She didn't understand, love. <sighs> now, you g- get yourself back to bed. I think you'll sleep better now.
1: I know you loved mother. I-, I always knew that.
4: Good night, my child.
1: Tomorrow I'm going to ask Mrs. Fowler to help me take down all these dolls and give them to the children in the hospital. Good night, you two. Good night, father. <sighs> I love you.
4: Good morning, Tony. Uh, No, no dictation now. Something else. That little broken door figure last night said two words. Did you hear them? Yes, I did. But I couldn't tell what they were. Well, it was Hindustani. Bhusalaga. That means revenge. That doll said revenge? A man doesn't spend enough time with his wife in a military job. Sometimes, if she's very far from home, she gets lonely, restless. She may be attracted to a man who has time for her. A native. The husband bred by army life is of violent nature. Instead of facing the native who has stolen his wife's love, he may turn upon the faithless woman, no matter how much he loves her. In some countries, the venom of a cobra is effective. It kills slowly, lingeringly, and leaves no trace. So at last the wife dies. But what of her lover, who lives... Perhaps he revenges himself upon the husband. Using a fetish known only to a few, and from the sharp touch of which there is no escape. Are you sure, Captain, there is no antidote?
2: Let me get you to the hospital right now.
4: It's too late, Tony. In this desk drawer is a packet of letters and a diary. They tell everything the memoirs left out. Write it for me, will you? As for Isabella, I think she likes you. Take care of her.
0: Within minutes, Captain Hugh Trevelyan was dead. They were never able to define the exact cause. And so, written upon the coroner's final certificate was failure of the heart. Which indeed, in many ways, is what killed him. I shall return shortly.
1: I remembered my diet at breakfast. Ice cubes and shredded wheat. But I think
3: I forgot my body. Don't forget your body. Remember Rexall vitamins.
4: Rexall, one tablet, daily multivitamins plus iron. Help make sure you get the right vitamins even when you don't eat the right foods.
3: Don't forget your body. Remember Rexall.
4: Rexall Multivitamins. Now only $1.69 at participating stores.
5: Stephen, hmm? who is ML? I don't know, dear. I found this note in your pocket. It says,
2: send flowers to ML.
5: Oh, that.
2: Who is ML and why are you sending her flowers? Sweetheart, ML stands for mother-in-law.
1: Oh, a- and you sent my mother? The
2: FTD charm Her Bouquet.
5: For
1: mother-in-law's day?
2: Sunday, October 25th.
1: Now you're going to say, Doris, aren't you ashamed? No, I'm
5: not.
1: Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are,
5: Stephen. Sunday, October 25th, is Mother-in-Law's Day. Call or visit your FTD forest today. If you're in search of mysteries, where things are seldom what they appear to be, (coughs) sooner or later you'll find Raven House. Welcome to Raven House. But beware, once you enter, there's no turning back. Raven House paperbacks have more ways to keep you in suspense than you could ever imagine. Look! And each murderous crime is committed in its own devious way. So just when you think you've cracked one case, there's a whole new mystery waiting to be solved. Jane, quick, call the... Remember, Raven House mysteries are so engrossing, you can't help but let the mystery take over your life. New Raven House mysteries are published every month. Which one will claim you as its victim... If you're clever enough, you'll find Raven House Mysteries... wherever paperbacks are sold.
0: Cudgel our brains. We cannot find a logical explanation for what you have heard. Did the doll actually kill the captain? Or did the captain die of fright? Were all those who saw the doll undergoing mass mesmerism. Who was the man in the turban? An avenging Indian? We confess to no explanations. All we can assure you is that it did happen. Our cast included Christopher Tabori, Patricia Elliott, Marion Seldis, and Court Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is E.G. Marshall